James chapter 1 verses 19 and 20. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Most of us aren't good hearers. Sure, we hear the sounds coming out of other people's mouths, but good hearers do more than that. They take time to understand what's being said to them. They take it in, they think about it, they make sense of it. And to be able to do that takes effort and practice. One reason we're not good hearers is that most of us talk too much. And God tells us in the book of Proverbs that that's not good. He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. Proverbs 8 verse 13. Do you see a man hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Proverbs 29 verse 20. The heart of the righteous studies how to answer. Proverbs 15 verse 28. Part of the problem is that the world we live in doesn't cope well with silence. We've been brought up to think that to allow periods of silence in a conversation is bad manners, so we think we always have to be saying stuff. But God says, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Proverbs ten nineteen. It's actually dangerous when you feel you have to say something to fill the silence. You're sure to end up saying something foolish or sinful. But pressure to fill the silence isn't the only reason we talk too much. A lot of the talking we do, we do because we're just so full of ourselves. We want to put our own ideas forward. You see, we think they're such good ideas and we don't want to deprive the world of them for a minute longer. People need to hear our opinions, we think. And they need our advice because they could never think of such wise stuff themselves, could they? And if we don't tell them, how will they ever know? Now, you might be thinking that what I'm saying now doesn't apply to you, but I'm challenging you to think about it anyway. How much of what you say does the other person really need to hear? How much of it brings blessing and good to others? How much of it builds other people up? And how much of it's for your own good? To cast yourself in a good light, to impress somebody, to cover up your embarrassment. How much of it is about you in some way or another? If you think about it honestly, you'd be surprised at how much of what you say is selfish and unnecessary. And that's why you're not a good hearer. You see, to be a good hearer, you have to be interested in other people and what they have to say. You have to see others as being more important than you. 
you have to think other people's ideas are more important than your ideas. And if you do, you will work at understanding what they want you to understand. That's the essence of good hearing. Holding the person you're listening to in high esteem, denying yourself and your own opinions for his sake. And who should be better at that than a Christian? After all, that's what love is, isn't it? It's putting the other person first. And are we not supposed to be humble people who deny ourselves and serve others? So listen carefully. Think before you reply. Be in no hurry to put your ideas forward. Actually, if you do listen carefully, you'll be amazed at what you learn, and people will love you. The world is full of people who are longing for somebody to listen to them. Lonely people, misunderstood people who are searching for somebody to take time to understand them. So watch out for that tendency to talk too much. The next thing James mentions is a real killer. Be slow to get angry, he says. Some of us get tripped up by our anger now and again and some people have a real problem with anger. Actually it's a common thing among Christian men, anger. And sometimes I think the more sound they are in their beliefs, the more evangelical they are, the more common it is. Angry with their children, angry with their wives, angry with the world. Oh, we have our excuses for it. I'm defending the faith. I'm standing up for what's right. I'm maintaining the purity of the church. I'm exercising discipline as a Christian father should. We can't allow heresy to get into our fellowships or into our homes. Well, you'll see shortly that none of those excuses holds water. Some people make the excuse that they can't help being angry. But that's nonsense. I mean, imagine yourself in the middle of a blazing row with your wife. You're in full flight, burning rage, and the phone rings. What do you do? Well, you answer the phone and speak civilly to the person on the other end of the line. You see, you can control it when it's important enough to you. It's always possible to control anger, and the Bible says you should. A fool vents all his feelings but a wise man holds them back. Proverbs 29, verse 11. It is honourable for a man to stop striving, since any fool can quarrel. Proverbs 20, verse 3. Your anger can be controlled. Your anger must be controlled. And if it's become a habit for you to let rip, you have some hard work to do. You're going to have to work to break that habit. Sometimes anger comes from a bad attitude. Do you ever catch yourself thinking angry thoughts like, why are other people so stupid? Why can they not see? How dare they? It reflects a kind of a looking down on people attitude. If you respect and look up to everyone as God says you should, you would never get angry with them in that kind of way. If that happens to you, fix the attitude. But mostly anger comes from frustration. 
when you want to get something done or get a point across and the world just doesn't want to cooperate and you get angry because you think that's how you're going to get things done and get them done your way. But have you noticed it never works? We'll come back to that in a second or two because James has more to say about it. But first, if frustration is behind your anger, the way to stop being angry is to take a bit of time to think. Count to ten or more if you have to, or get offside for a while and then work out a better way to achieve whatever it is you're trying to do. As James says here, be slow to anger. When you think about it, what does anger achieve? I said we would come back to that. Anger shows that you're annoyed and when people see you're angry, they know you're not happy. But you know it never makes anyone think, oh, he's angry with me, I must be really annoying, I better change. It just doesn't do that. No, your anger makes people feel threatened. And this applies to your children as well, by the way. Your anger makes people feel threatened. And when people feel threatened, they defend themselves. They make excuses for whatever it is they've done or they try to cover it up. Or else they attack you because sometimes the best kind of defense is attack. And that, of course, makes you more angry and the whole thing escalates. That's why the writer of Proverbs says, A wrathful man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger allays contention. That's Proverbs 15 and verse 18. Anger always causes tension and stirs up fights. Sometimes when you're really angry, people will give in to you, especially if you're bigger than they are. They might go along with what you want to stop you being angry, but they haven't really changed or learned anything. Anger never really changes anything. If you want to change anything, change the world, change your husband, change your wife, change your children, change your church. Anger is not the way. Anger doesn't change anything. And that's especially true if that change you want to bring about is to make the world a more godly place. James says the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Not in the world, not in the church, not among your friends, not in your family. I wonder did James learn this from his big brother? Do you think did he ever see Jesus angry? The Bible tells us that anger is not part of the way Jesus achieves his purposes in the world. So deal with your anger, Christian. Just like talking too much, it's dangerous. And as well as that, it's pointless. James says be slow to get angry. He doesn't say, and I'm sure someone will point this out to me, never get angry. Any more than he says, never speak. Yes, there may be a place for anger. Paul says in Ephesians 4, be angry and do not sin. There may be a place for anger, but you always need to take care with it because it's dangerous. Angry people are in big danger of falling into sin. I mean, 
Can you remember a time when you got angry and you didn't sin? And there may be a place for anger, but there's never a place for it in the church. It's not to be used when you're dealing with differences of opinion between brothers and sisters in the Lord. You see, when you get angry, you stop listening. You stop listening to your brother and he stops listening to you and you both stop listening to the word of God. The minute you become angry, your first concern is always to defend your position, not to come to an understanding of what God's word is saying. And you have lost that attitude of respect and humility that you ought to have before God's word. And remember, again, the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So what do you do if you think someone has got it wrong? If anger doesn't work, what does? What does produce the righteousness of God? How will Jesus accomplish his ends in the world without voices being raised? Well, it's by the word of God, isn't it? The faithful, prayerful proclamation of his word. You see, what happens when God's word is proclaimed is that the Holy Spirit takes that word and applies it to the heart of sinners and moves them to respond to it and lives are transformed and the righteousness of God is produced. Do your differences with other people annoy you? Do you get frustrated with their stupidity? Don't get head up about it. Don't get angry. Look for another way to change their minds. Look for a way that works. Teach the word. And maybe even more important, live the word out before them. So you want to be a strong, mature Christian. Then take care how you listen both to God and to other people. Listen carefully. Listen with humility. Listen with respect. Be slow to form opinions. Avoid angry disputes. They're pointless. Always have been. Always will be. And have confidence in the word of God to change people. You just go on teaching it when you can and living by it. It's through his people doing that that God will achieve his purposes in the world.